The online casting series continues with Vocent. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast. Your guide through the business of voiceover. You need a mobile-friendly demo player on your website that works across any device and platform. VoiceSam has you covered. The player is easy to install, can be skinned to match your site design, and makes your demos instantly downloadable. It even offers options for video and analytics. Sign up for VoiceSam now at voiceSam.com slash Mark Scott, and you'll receive a free $25 credit to your account. View the full offer details and sign up at VoiceSam.com slash Mark Scott. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur, back with another interview with another online casting CEO, helping you to understand how the platforms work and hopefully helping you to grow your business. Now, just before we get into this week's episode, can you just do me one quick favor? If you are enjoying the podcast, would you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? Those reviews will certainly help other people to be able to find the podcast and learn and grow their business as well. So thank you so much for doing that. So I'll be honest with you, the CEO that I am interviewing today is for a site that I knew basically nothing about prior to this interview other than the site existed, but I can tell you that after this interview, I'm probably going to be setting up a profile myself. When we think about online casting, we tend to think of pay-to-play sites like Vidalgo or Voice123, but those aren't the only options out there for voice actors looking to use internet services and platforms to find auditions and get connected with buyers. One player in the game that isn't talked about as much, but hopefully we'll be talking about more after this, is the UK-based site that works under a slightly different model and to help us understand it a little bit better, welcome to the show, Miles Shacoin, CEO and co-founder of Voquent. Hey, Mark. Thanks. So the first thing that stood out to me when we started talking, because you're a UK-based site, is you're not British. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually from Montana. Okay. Uh, that's. I think I would have to probably take longer than an hour to explain all my travels over the world to tell you how I ended up here in the United Kingdom. Uh, but long story short, I'm an American that lives in the UK. So, yeah. I was going to say, that's. A, I'm sure there's probably an interesting story about how a guy from Montana starts an <laughs> online casting site in, in the UK. But we, we do have to ask that question because online casting, as, as I think many people have learned as they've been listening to this online casting series, it's really stinking hard to start a casting site. And there are a lot of other casting sites out there. So... Why put yourself through the pain? What was what was the deciding factor of you know what I'm going to start Volquent and and this is this is what is prompting me to to take that journey. So uh, the jury's still out on if I had an actual understanding of how much pain there would be about whether or not I actually would have started. That's <laughs> I'm I'm going to just admit that right now. It has been extremely challenging, but it's also extremely interesting. So the story of Volquent begins with with me not even working in the industry, which was about, I don't know, four and a half years ago. And I did have a, a friend and colleague, um, um, Al, who's, who's, who's my co-founder, and he had worked in the localization industry, and he knew um, way more about things like voiceover and translation and transcription and subtitling and 
audio description and all the different types of things that you offer in localization. And I had come from a systems and software implementation background. I had, I had no knowledge or experience of voiceover at all. But, but we got to talking because it, there was a stage when I actually needed a voiceover um, in the company I was working in. And I was looking at multiple languages and I was finding it incredibly challenging to just get a really good perception of who could offer what um, based on different languages, not just, you know, here's a whole bunch of different really great performers who perform in America or in the United Kingdom or whatever. There's a lot of sites that operate in their local language and then they say, and we also do international. Um, we also do other foreign yep. languages, um, but they don't really have anything to show for. And and I got talking to, to Alan. We started to talk about this this industry, and I started to learn a little bit about you know who, you know how it's been formed and you know who the players are and everything else. And and I saw an opportunity, um, as did he, which was to to set up a company that did things differently to the to the status quo that had been created. And I know that status quo has been disrupted over and over um, through you know multiple cycles, as I've come to learn. Um, and, you know, that starts obviously, you know, way back. And then eventually, you know, once the internet boom happens and mm -hmm. people started, you know, drifting away from agencies and working more independently, you know, for themselves as freelancers. And then, and then the emergence of obviously all the, you know, the websites and the, the P2P sites, of course. And so I, I kind of started to pick up a, a bit of visibility about this. And the more I looked and the more I thought about what, how people were operating, I thought, well, this, this can definitely be done better um, with technology. And the opportunity is to really think about offering localization services as a, as a production outfit um, where you've got something interesting to, to offer. Because if, if you basically said, oh, I'm going to set up a website that says we offer, you know, localization and production services in, you know, languages, you know, whatever you want, translation, subtitling, you name it. Um, it's not very interesting if you basically say, here's a bunch of sort of snippets of translations that somebody's done or some subtitles that we did. It's just kind of like, well, whatever. That's, that's what everybody can do. But voiceover, you, you know, offers a really unique window into the localization industry. Mm -hmm. And that's at the point where I thought, well, there is a gap here. And that gap is, is offering granular access to accents in a sample form, not in a, here's my real, you know, here's my picture. I'm really established. I'm great. Here's my, here's my reels, you know, have a listen, see what you think, maybe hire me. Um, or if it's on an agency site, you know, get in touch with the agency or whatever. And I thought, well, if you could listen to an actual sample that fits the specific criteria of the language or even the accent and the emotional tone that you're seeking, how awesome would it be to be able to pick and pre-select the people that you think would be really good for that role or maybe create a whole short list of candidates for a role and half the work is done in terms of, you know, trying to select viable potential people that you could work with because you know as i'd come to understand that was that was half the battle is just getting someone to select someone yep. um in, in in this industry an agency just wants one of their voices to be picked or uh you know a voice actor like yourself on you know you just want them to you know click the buy button or you know get in touch and sure and just yeah. get get it rolling you know they've made their decision they like you they want you uh let's go forward and so half the battle is solved if people can already shortlist in, in a granular and very effective and accurate way. And so it was from that that the idea of Vocom was born, which is, you know, create a gateway to the production services that we that we can offer with voiceover and do that in a way that, that offers that that very effective um, sort of accurate drill down if if people want it. And it's it's from that basis that uh, that it was obviously going to grow and that it, it's obviously attracted a lot of interest. We kind of 
I guess to some extent we kind of gamified it. And I'm a I'm a big gamer. I, I love games. I've always played games. Um, I've, I uh, I'd even tried to uh, have some success in the gaming world, uh, developing games. But mm-hmm. that's that's another story. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think that's that that's kind of how where Vokwin started. But I can tell you one thing is that right out the gate. I knew that what I didn't want to do was build another P2P site. When you're talking localization, let's just clarify this for people. I'm mm-hmm. assuming you're saying, okay, there's a multinational who's based in X country, and they need the same script voiced for each one of the regions that they operate in. And so they need it in English, and they need it in Italian, and they need it in Spanish, and they need it in Arabic or whatever. Yeah, it, That's what you're talking when you're when you're saying localization, correct? Yeah, I think the thing is, is that localization as a service, um, you know, really sort of spans voiceover, translation, transcription, uh, subtitling, um, dubbing, um, ADR, um, and closed captions, for the most part. And any one of those is a gateway to the others. If you establish a client who you can offer a service to that in any respect of that, you have the potential to offer them other services as well. And that's where... That's why there's a lot of translation companies that will claim that they can do anything voiceover related and they'll sub it out to an agency or they'll sub it out to different freelancers or whatever. But they're trying to create that, you know, all inclusive, we can do everything package. And that that was important to me because I felt that, you know, from day one, um, you know, the, the clients are the ones with the money and the clients have requirements that often are greater than they themselves have foreseen. And if you can provide all the necessary services to give them a turnkey package, then you can you can get more clients. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> one-stop shop thing, right? That's that's important. Yeah, it's it's not everybody wants that. Yep. You know, there's I would say that there is a there is a much larger proportion of people who don't want a one-stop shop. They want to, um, you know, they want they want to manage as many you know straight to source relationships sure. as they can. And it, I don't think a lot of those types of people come to our site or use us, and that's okay, you know. Any of these online casting sites, I've had the opportunity to interview a number of them now, and each one of them has a slightly different take on how they're doing things. So mm. every one of them has what I would call their their value proposition. So yeah. I'm guessing that at least part of your value proposition sounds like the localization element and being able to provide a, a very diverse pool of voices. What else is there to the value proposition that makes Voquent different from any other platform, or or is that the main thing that you're looking at? That's that is primarily the main thing. I say primarily because there's always there's always opportunities that you you hear about or come across and go, oh wow, we you know we could potentially be involved in that, or we could we could do something along those lines or whatever. But when you're when you're building up relationships with clients, as I mean, effectively we're operating as a as a production house mm-hmm. in in reality. That's okay. that's what we are. And, and there's always the opportunity to to look at, you know, what is the, the full scope of services that we can offer these people? You know, can we do more for them? Is there is there any other service? Can we partner with another company or partner with a studio or partner with another outfit that can also offer these things and, and, and build and build and build? Um, the, the value proposition is is all to the client. We we don't the, – the difference between us and I guess other sites that really kind of showcase voiceover is the vast majority, if not nearly all of those sites, really – focus on trying to sell to the talent, which is you should join us because you'll get work here. You should join us because you'll be able to get more jobs. And, um, you know, this is how it works. You know, you go into the posting board and you audition and audition and audition. And that's their kind of, you know, approach, which yep. is to kind of sell to the to the voice actors. We 
I don't I don't want to sell to voice actors. That's not that's not what I see as a as a sort of a growing revenue stream. I think I think in many ways that's you know that's why some sites um, have you know have tried to do that and then they kind of peek out and they just they run out of steam because there's only so many people that want to pay to be on a site and be visible on a site and and uh, you know you've got a, you've got a demand now to meet and if you can't meet that demand that leads to disappointment yep. um, and and rightly so if somebody paid for something what are they getting for their money I didn't want to have to deal with that that challenge because I don't think that you know, the premise of uh, of a voice actor getting work should be something that they're having to pay for it just defies logic to me why you would want somebody who's going to supply something to have to pay to supply. That um, philosophy is going to make you very popular in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it makes it makes us popular to the extent that yes, we've grown. I mean, we mm-hmm. have we have obviously a lot of voice actors on the site now. Yep. I think we got we're coming up to like twenty four thousand or something. Oh wow! Okay, and and I think the thing is is that the, the there's always an attraction if it's free to sign up. What have you got to lose, right? Yeah, there's, sure. There's no, there's no money being exchanged, and so why not? There's there's a little time to set up my profile, add some audio, and then wait. Um, but don't get me wrong. There's lots of people that have said, "Hey, you know, you've got so many voices. You, aren't you? Don't you think you're missing a trick? You could be charging these guys." Yep. Um, and and I think that whole idea of the low hanging fruit of of creating a membership site for voice actors is I I, I just don't think that scales at yep. all. I don't think that there's real growth aptitude with that approach because there's a finite number of professional voice talent that are good at what they do that can offer a really great quality service and but I would say that there's a far greater number of clients out there that are looking for that kind of assistance as well as you know anything else in relation to production and therefore focus on the client yeah I mean the other thing I think about too is there's already a handful of sites that are charging voice actors and and there comes a point where the voice actors got to decide like can I really afford another membership is the, is it really worth it for me to get another membership and especially when and I know we've seen this in the past too where you see uh voice buyers we'll call them who are posting the same job across multiple platforms and so now you're paying subscriptions for multiple sites and seeing access to the same jobs the same editions <laughs> is really frustrating in and of itself so on your yeah. site it says, we provide approved, authentic, native-speaking voiceover professionals in every language and accent. So talk a little bit about your approval process. I'm assuming that this means that anybody with a microphone can't just sign up and, and get a profile. So you are vetting in some way? Yeah, we get a lot of people that sign up that don't even get approved. And that's just because they're not working with um, any professional audio um, you can hear it. Yeah, you know, we, we, we've got audio engineers here who are not people who've, you know, dabbled in, been told how to do a job. They're, they're all professional audio engineers. They, that's their background. That's what they do. And they can hear instantly whether something has been recorded in a professional recording environment or not. And we don't accept those types of samples. And you can create a profile and just keep trying until the samples will get accepted. And and don't get me wrong, we get so many samples. We've got I don't know what the total is right now, but I think it's it's, it's definitely over eighty thousand audio demos on wow. the site, and every single one of those has been listened to. But will you know occasionally one fall through the cracks because you know moderation is an extensive and difficult process to do. Yeah, it, it'll happen. But for the most part, and and also I I would argue that 
there are some really, really niche, um, unusual languages that exist in this world, right? Yep. Most, most, uh, I think we probably do, we offer more languages than any translation company in the world, any voiceover company in the world, anyone, because we, we, could, we could track it and we can get in touch with the people and we can offer it. Um, and so the thing is, is that when we were building up a catalog of languages, there's some really, really, really rare languages that might still be speaking, spoken by, say, 50,000 people, but they're all in one really secluded place. Sure. And so, uh, you know, a language like that, it might be that we're willing to forego some of the quality just to show that it's there, to, right. to demonstrate the capability. Um, but But when it comes to mainstream voiceover in mainstream markets like yeah, you know, Western nation markets. Yeah, we we expect it to uh, to be a full professional recording, and if it isn't professional, it'll it'll get it'll get knocked back. That's really great to hear because I can tell you from interviewing CEOs of other online casting sites, the number one complaint that kept coming up from voice buyers on across these different platforms was bad audio quality. And you know, you get a hundred auditions, and and half of them or more sometimes get eliminated right out of the gate because the audio quality stinks, and so. Right. Uh, you know, that's a byproduct of certain sites that will, you know, allow anyone with the credit card to sign up, I guess. And so knowing that you are going through that vetting and particularly on the quality of audio right off the bat, that says to me that you're probably impressing and, and scoring more points with your buyers because you're not wasting their time with bad sound. But it also says, hey, competition level on this site is probably going to be a little bit higher than some of the other sites, too, from a talent perspective, which I don't think that's a bad thing. It is definitely competitive. You know, probably one of the most requested features that we get on a regular basis is from voice actors all over the world who say, isn't there any way that I can pay to be more visible on like mm -hmm. the, the, the rankings for these yeah. languages? The answer is always no. Sorry. Um, you know, it's one of these things where as soon as as soon as we go down that that road, then the voice actors are the revenue stream mm -hmm. and now you're sacrificing quality so that you can increase that revenue stream. That yep. symptom is is the one that you described that other sites that focus on P2P or or if P2P is even part of their model, it, it that's creates the problem. And yeah. we, we don't want to be part of the problem. One of the biggest things that keeps voice actors from using platforms like Instagram or TikTok is they don't know what to post. Or at least they think they don't know what to post. So let me ask you, is that what's holding you back? Is the reason why you're not posting Instagram Reels because you don't have any creative ideas? Is the reason why you have never set up your TikTok because you don't know what kind of videos to create? Let me help you with that. I've created a new free resource that is designed to give you a little bit of inspiration and motivation. It's 20 different ideas that you can use for Instagram Reels and TikTok videos. And you can download that free resource now at markscottcoaching.com forward slash 20 video ideas markscottcoaching.com forward slash 20 video ideas i feel confident that once you've had the chance to go through this resource you're going to have some great ideas and you're going to be producing some great content the website again markscottcoaching.com forward slash 20 video ideas now back to our show so correct me if i'm wrong on this but one of the things I think is a little bit different about how you have built your profiles, and you touched on this a little bit. Hmm. So generally, if I go out and I get a demo done, that, that demo is a 90-second demo that's got my, you know, a 90-second commercial demo, and I've got a 90-second explainer demo and a 90-second corporate demo. Hmm. Is it fair to say that Voquent 
you're focused more on individual clips rather than demos as a whole. Is that correct? It's really good that you've actually mentioned that because it, it probably represents, I think, the first really big stumbling block, the first really big challenge. Um, because when we set up Vokwint and there was nobody on the site, <laughs> and so we were, you know, racing around trying to trying trying to find voice actors, saying, "Hey guys, you could you could be on here. Yeah, we could, we could we could maybe do something." Um, that that process was really really tough because people were like, "Here's my reels, bye," <laughs> and we were like, "Well, we want samples. We don't want reels um, because if you if you if you index um, reels the way we index samples." The real problem is, is that all the all the material that's on the reel is getting lost because otherwise you'd just be saying, here here's a com here's a commercial reel with tons of different stuff, and then you have to identify at what point on the reel that they should listen to. A client will listen to a voice actor for maybe a couple of seconds. That's the reality. Yep. And they'll go yep, or they'll go nope. And so the first the first sample is the most important one. And what we wanted to do was say, well, let's let's help the voice actor's first sample that's relevant be the one that's played by making it the only one that matches the criteria. And the only way that it would be, um, you know, a shot in the dark, a sort of a throw enough mud and see what sticks type situation is if the client had not actually identified any defining attributes. They just literally hit search and just started listening to people. Sure. And at that stage, because they're not, you know, being more selective about what they want to hear, they're not saying, I want to hear people who are speaking with an authoritative voice or a conversational voice or a, um, you know, I want to hear more of a nurturing type tone or whatever. When, when they don't specify the things that are matter to them, they're going to get more generalized results. And then it's, it's a bit more random. And, and I'll, I'll be happy to come clean on this. There is a large number of people who just don't perform any, <laughs> any kind of criteria at all. They're happy to tell you after they've, you know, told you that they don't like half your people or they've listened to 20 different demos and they haven't found what they want, but they don't actually perform the search. Right. Um, and that, and that's, um, that's never been a problem. That's just about educating the clients. But, sure. but yeah, initially it was really hard. Uh, voice actors didn't have, you know, this idea that they'd create this big catalog of audio samples that most of them would have just a few reels and they would be working off of that. And we, we worked really, really hard to, sort of educate voice talents that that's not the way we want to work. And it was only until this year that we actually even allowed reels to be uploaded, um, which was a big move for us and one that we were nervous about because we didn't want to um, ultimately sort of start to spoil the database as it were with lots of um, long reels where they're not going to be fully indexed and therefore people's best stuff that matches what people want isn't going to get heard. The clip format to me, that's like the next disruption because demos are obviously the way that we've done this forever. And, and it used to be once upon a time, you, you got a commercial demo and you had a narration demo and you had those two demos and that was all you needed. And then we got to a point where it's like, now you need a commercial demo and a narration demo and a gaming demo and a character demo and an explainer mm -hmm. demo and an e-learning demo. You're right. You need 20 different demos, one for each yeah. of the genres that you're doing. I think the clip thing now makes so much more sense, though. I mean, first and foremost, because you already touched on, people don't listen for very long, right? So you've no. only got two or three seconds to, to catch their attention. You want to make sure that you're giving them exactly what they're looking for in those two or three seconds. Yeah. And, and then uh, I guess having the clips makes things much more searchable, which you touched on with the way that your database is formatted. So I know there is an algorithm in play on Vokwin, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think that is mostly based on search capabilities. So... Talk a little bit about, from a talent perspective, 
we're we're going to take our demos and maybe we're going to split them up into clips mm-hmm. to get them on the profile. What do we need to know in order to get better rankings in search? Is is there yeah. particular labeling or is it tagging or or how does it work from the back end on that side? The way the the algorithm works is is I can explain that in a second. It's maybe important for me to first um, stress that what happens is at the beginning of every day, uh, what we, we have a random shuffle that's applied to every single voice actor on the database. Okay. And that creates a, effectively a, an order, um, a placement order. And within that order, um, if you start identifying specific attributes that are really relevant um, to your search that order starts to qualify out people that don't meet those attributes. So if you said, I need someone speaking um, English, you're going to get a lot of results still. Um, There's going to be a lot of people in that order still. But if you picked something like, I don't know, Swahili or something, you're going to have a much narrower, smaller set of selections. Sure. That order will still play out as long as it's meeting the criteria. We kept that order shuffled daily for a couple of different reasons. The first reason is, is that we we wanted to make sure that we didn't shuffle it. We, we started out not shuffling it. We just randomly shuffled it every single time. But clients were getting annoyed because what they were doing is they were coming onto the site and they were saying, I just I just was at page three and then my browser crashed and then I went back to did the same search and then suddenly I can't find them on page three anymore. I, I, I knew the one I was listening to and I'm really, really like, Argh. and we were like, oh man, okay, here's the problem. We, we haven't established a consistency in that order. So if they close the browser down, do the same search, they can get back to that identical order. Right. But we also wanted to make sure that that random shuffle still takes place daily because if you don't do that, then you have the whole problem of the 80-20 rule where obviously there's there's certain factors that are favoring um, you know, s- some talents over others and therefore they start to pick up all the work and everyone else is kind of like, yeah, went on the site, um, got nothing. And, and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of people who've gone on the site and got nothing. I get that. Um, yep. I think that that exists for pretty much every site. Sure. Um, but but there's obviously a lot of people who have gotten work on the site. I think people there's people who get work that kind of expect, okay, that's it. I'm on the gravy train now. Now it's coming. I got three jobs from Voquent this week. Right. That's three more next week and three more the week after. And man, they can hit a dry spell that could last, you know, God knows how long. There's no way of kind of guaranteeing that it can become a steady income stream for for anyone. So we've never really been able to offer that. I'd love to be able to, but to do that, we would need to have a much higher level of demand. And when I say much higher, I mean something that's astronomically larger than any other site in existence to this day. Right. Because if you think about how many, let's say, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there's some sites out there that are well-established. We, I'm, I'm sure you know who I'm referring to. And they might have, say, 100 jobs posted in a day, sure. right? Yep. It, mostly in English. How many jobs is 100 jobs in the overall number of jobs, voiceover jobs that get completed in a day worldwide? Because we do a lot of worldwide work with a lot of worldwide clients. It, it's, it's, it's a fraction. It's yep. so small. It's probably less than 1%. And so we would basically be to really feed, put food on the table regularly as a sort of a consistent income to be able to say, you know, we these people could be employees potentially if they were getting regular work to have that conversation and be realistic about it, we would be needing to transact, I, I would say probably five to 10,000 jobs, you know, a day. Yeah. Um, it, it, that That's that's a long, long way away. It, you know, is it possible in the future if we make changes, then yeah, I think I think something like that could happen. Um, but but we're not there right now. We're not there yet. We don't have we haven't created the tools to make that possible yet. Yep. So 
I know, you know, we've talked a lot about the fact that it's localization. You're working very hard to provide multiple languages mm. and all of that. You are based in the UK. Yeah. Does that mean that the bulk of the opportunities are, are coming from the UK and for UK English? Or are you really good about or do you have a strategy that kind of puts you out there across the board globally so you're attracting from all kinds of different locations and all kinds of different languages like what what are the yeah. what do the numbers look like for a, a say US based English speaking talent I couldn't actually give you a clear answer to that because I don't even know the answer myself we don't track like the number of jobs we will in the future but right now we don't track the number of jobs that are done in a particular language or or even at the granular level that we index, which is like an accent, right? Yep. We don't track that. We don't say how many North American jobs or how many New York accent jobs have we done today? We don't, we don't do that. Okay. What we do track is where are our customers based? Where is their head office, you know, that we're going to send an invoice to? Where is that based? And, and I would say probably 20% of the market is North American. Okay. Which is obviously means that we've got a really big untapped market. In, in North America, um, particularly the United States. It's obviously a huge economy. I'm, I'm American. I'm more than well aware of that. Um, but our work comes from literally all over the world. We, we section up um, all the, um, you know, from an accounting perspective, we look at all the continents and then we divide that into regional breakdowns, kind okay. of like by the sort of, sort of UN denominations. And so um, we look at North Africa, we look at, um, you know, uh, Middle East, we look at Southeast Asia, we look at South Asia. Those are different areas. And I would say that, that UK um, work specifically, because we're based in the UK, we don't, we don't include our, uh, the UK in, as part of, say, um, the overall sort of reporting purposes of Europe. It probably represents about 40% of, of our clients are okay. UK, UK-based clients. But the rest are distributed, yeah, all, all over the world. And it goes, it, it, it's wild on how it goes up and down. I mean, like in, until last year, we thought we were seeing trends where we, we could see each and every area was kind of just working its way upward at a very kind of steady pace. If you look at over three or six month periods, we would just see those th th those those lines all look the same. They're all on pretty much the same trajectory. Um, what's been really interesting is this year. Wow. Trajectories are all over the place. It's like we can't forecast where the work is going to come from because one month that should have been really good month for, say, UK work, we were getting virtually nothing. And then, um, you know, a ton of stuff comes in from South Korea. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you tell me, I don't know how that works. I don't know why it works that way, but it, but it does. So have you noticed any shifts? I know you said you, you try to track trends, but it's sometimes difficult. But mm. obviously, there's a lot of economic concerns. And that's globally, mm. right? I mean, the UK is yeah. in a pretty rough spot right now. But so is Canada. So is the United States. Yeah, uh, you know, inflation, interest rates, all that sort of stuff. It, have you noticed that at all on the site as far as are you seeing less work? Are you seeing maybe different types of work that, uh, you know, more of this and less of that? Or have you noticed mm -hmm. any shifts like that? Yeah, um, I mean, we do we do we do see patterns that develop, um, you know, like <laughs> after um, COVID kind of was in full swing, we noticed that the trend for people who were asking for, you know, clients that wanted voiceovers specifically they were often uh, wanting to get voiceovers that sounded upbeat. Mm -hmm. They wanted, it's almost kind of like a, an emotional reaction to the, yes. to the, to the suffering that everybody had in COVID. Yep. And they just wanted to change the mood and change the tempo and say, Hey, you know, just get something that's a bit uplifting. And we noticed a really big trend towards upbeat voices from, I think sort of 
what had been, I guess, a sort of a consistent sort of drive for more conversational, um, sort of approachable type type tones and emotions. So I, I think those markets still there. In terms of the overall shifts, uh, like you know, where are the real distinguishing patterns? It's like I said, this year is all over the place in terms of where stuff is coming from. I mean, right now, touch wood, we're, we're still growing. We're, we're, we okay. we haven't had any 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 downturn. I know that there is sites that have had down, downturn. I know that if you look at Fiverr as an example, they've been absolutely decimated. Um, you know, with you know their share price, you know, went from a peak in COVID at three hundred you know dollars a share to now back to thirty where it started. Yep. Um, lots of layoffs and obviously a lot of um. A lot of new voice actors that signed up during you know the COVID era, thinking that maybe um, I, I don't even know if I'd call them voice actors, but you know people who obviously would aspire to be a voice actor sure. and maybe yep. create a work from home job, suddenly finding that there's not enough work to go around, and what are they going to do? Um, yep. Are they going to have to go find a job? And uh, and and that's that's evident. Um, that that trend is evident because the number of voices that have reached out to us over the last say six months, just saying, hey. Is there anything more I can do? Is there anything else going on? It's been alarming. Yep. Um, and we do speak to voice actors. You know, my, I have a lot of team members who, who have great friendships and relationships with voice actors. And and it, we know that it's really, really difficult for a lot of people right now. Um, and, you know, our, our, our growth is steady. It's not um, exponential, you know, like, like Fiverr had in the boom of COVID or other sites may have had, um, you know, from a remote working perspective. And we're able to kind of benefit or cash in on that to some degree. Um, we we haven't really been on that trajectory. I think that's mainly because we don't have um, technology components in place yet. They are coming, um, which which are based around uh, supporting um, projects after something is after someone's been selected. We do all okay. that in the background, and and after you know we, you know once once we've engaged once our production team is engaged with a client, th- there's nothing going on on the website. There's not there's no we don't have like a login for the customer to say, hey, you know, here's your project and that's how much it costs and that's who it is with. If you want to buy them again or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you want to give them some ratings and some feedback, et cetera. None of that exists. And so that might be a good thing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, well, I, I think the thing is, is that uh, there is there is a there's going to come a point in the future where those things will have to exist, but not in the format that they're currently being represented on. Yeah. On other sites. Um, yep. I'm, I'm very aware that. It's it's being done really really wrong right now, and it's making a lot of people upset, and I think rightly so. And we're not going to be one of those people. We're going to hopefully be a breath of fresh air once it all falls into place. So let's talk about the the talent side dashboard. So I set up my profile on Vokwin. I sign in. What does that look like? Is it like here's a string of auditions for you today? Is it more of a direct invitation from from buyers uh you know you guys you said you work as a production company are you selecting talent for projects what does that look like on a day-to-day basis for the talent on the site yeah okay Uh, i mean the production team will typically start with um, a client that's either selected if it come if when it's voiceover um the production team will start with the selections that somebody's made if they've made them and if they say hey i've worked with this person before or or hey i've i've uh you know, you did a project for me with um, with this person, um, you know, a, a year ago, and we'd like to work with them again. Or they say, "Look, I've just been on the site, and I've been, you know, there's a, there's a few people that I've favorited. I really, really like them. You know, could I work with them? What's their availability? What are their rates? That kind of thing." Um, but I would say that that probably represents about um, 30 percent, maybe. Okay. Of of the jobs, the majority of the jobs, um, 
actually come down to our own production team using the exact same identical search tools themselves to meet the requirements of the client that didn't seem to want to use them. Right. Okay. So they'll say, I've got a job. Here's my video. I haven't transcribed it. It's not time coded. I need you to do that. We want this in these languages. You know, how quickly can you get it done? We need it done tomorrow. That, that kind of okay. thing. And so we'll be racing around going, okay, who have we got? What do we need? You know, blah, blah, blah. And so there, there is people who I guess that we've worked with, um, you know, lots of times. And those people will continue to, I guess, to get the benefit to some degree on some of those jobs because there's somebody that we can count on. They're reliable. But that's never been based on um, their rate, uh, like that they, you know, expect to get paid or, or anything like that. It's usually just based on them being nice people to work with, yep. if, I'm, if I'm honest. And some yep. people charge a lot of money for their time, and rightly so, because they're very experienced and they've, they've built themselves up to that level that they're worth every penny. Um, and then there's other people that, that charge very little. What we won't do is take advantage of those people that charge very little. We will still look at the GVAA, gravy for the brain, and standard rates around the world and make sure that we're paying a fair rate. Yep. That's really, really, really important. Because the thing is, is that it's, it's, you, you, we do so many jobs that just aren't a, a, a classic sort of passive, hey, we're not an introduction agency, like a lot of these P2P sites, they're just getting in the way of a direct relationship that the client would really like to have if they just knew who they wanted. We're not doing that. We're, we're, we're offering a full production service. And so the majority of the time we are doing multiple languages. And when we do those multiple languages, we're in the situation where we go, okay, the client's going to pay us this much. And we've got to do all these different things and it's going to involve all these different services. So, you know, you know, what are we going to do? We, we need to pay, we need to pay some voice actors in this. And, and there'll be voice actors who will say, this is my rate. I'm not working for less than that. You know, I don't care what your budget is. It might be good for, for, you know, whoever, but it's not good enough for me. And sure. in that case, well, we go back to the client and we say, Hey, you know, um, you know, we, we, we're going to need some more if you want them. Um, and if you, if you want to go someone else, then we can do that too. It's, it's entirely up to you. We leave those choices up to the client. So let's talk a little bit more about the rates then, because that is something that I'm, I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if you're working on localization, you're working with companies from a lot of different geographic locations, and yeah. you're obviously working with talent from a lot of different locations. You mentioned the GVAA, but you know we know that the GVAA really is a U.S.-based rate guide. Uh, and, yeah. and I mean, I know I'm, I'm Canadian. Rates for voiceover in Canada are way different from rates for voiceover in the United States. And I know that mm-hmm. they're different from voiceover rates in the UK. So how, how are you handling all of that? Is it generally a set budget? Is it, do talent have an opportunity to, to quote? Are there other resources outside of GVAA? Like, I, I guess, you know, sometimes US talent forget that when they're working in, you know, working with European countries, for example, rates are different. Yeah. And, and that's just because the economy is different. And so that makes a difference. Absolutely. We have a whole rate system that's proprietary to us that's for rates all around the world and there's going to come a point where we can expose that to the benefit of, of voice actors to understand how they themselves could charge uh, you know a, a market standard rate that would be effective um, whether that's on the high side or, or the low side but we have our own rate system that we know that we need to use to be able to quote a project for a client okay. who has a requirement for you know, 10 different people all speaking English, but in different roles yep. or, you know, 10 different languages or, or, or whatever. So, so we've got that, but we don't expose that right now. We, to do that, I think what we would need to do is, is put together something that's comprehensive enough to make it clear 
so that everybody can understand how to use it as their own benchmark. But let's say that a client came back and just said, hey, I'd like to work with them again. It's pretty straightforward, right? It, we, we, we know what their rate is. We would expect to make 20%. Um, and that would get you know passed back on to the client at that price. But we would have um, our own service of, of, of audio uh, engineering as well. We'll always clean and, and edit the file before it goes out. There's lots of voice actors that can do their own audio editing, which is fantastic. But there's also a lot that can't. And we have to guarantee the same standard of work no matter what we do. Yep. And therefore, we, we, we add that um, to, to, to a project. But if, if somebody can do their own audio editing, then, well, we don't need to. If we don't have to touch a file, I'd say very rare still. But that's because we've got audio engineers who do it every day. That's all yep. they do. Yep. Um, then, uh, then, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a pretty straightforward transaction. I would love, man, to have more work like that. That would just be great. Yeah. But uh, but I think that people use other sites for that type of work. I don't think uh, clients are interested in working for us for that type that type, and that's why we don't get that those kinds sure. of inquiries a lot. Um, the majority of our work is is, is unfortunately the um, I say unfortunate because I think that there is there's obviously money and there's profit to be made in, in doing big projects, but um, but it's not it's not the transactional sort of passive experience that would increase, you know, potentially a lot more clients by opening those doors and, and, and therefore, you know, create a reliance on, I think, if, you know, smooth and effective systems. I'm going to give you an insight into something that is coming in, in the future, which is really important to us. And that's talent release. I'm sure you know what I mean by talent release. Yeah. You're talking as far as for usage of audio and, and yeah. 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 Yep. So, so the thing is, is that there is a big difference and I don't, I know I don't need, you know, to, you know, I'm not trying to teach grandmother to suck eggs. Um, there's a big difference between um, an internal, you know, production that yep. is actually internal yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to, a, to a promotional or promoted um, broadcasted piece of material yes. that's going to go out to an audience. Yep. And, and one thing that we always do with everything is we, is we insist on knowing who is the audience um, how long is it going to run for? Um, and, uh, and what, you know, so what's the duration, you know, what, what's, what's the audience? Um, so we've got, we've got the, the key metrics and we can actually say, okay, there's going to be usage for this. And that's got to be something that's agreeable with the talent and the talent needs to have the authority and to retain the authority that that audio belongs to them at all times. Yep. The audio doesn't belong to us. We are not, um, you know, I, there's other sites that basically, and, and I'm just going to say our terms, we're going to be updating our website and I'm hoping in about a week to a week and a couple of days max. And our new terms and conditions will be on there, which makes this unequivocally clear, um, which is there is not any job that we purchase. We don't purchase audio and then resell that audio. All those rights retained by the client stay with the voice. The client is simply getting a license to use that for a duration bestowed by the voice actor. That's huge. And every single job is is based on that. It's never based on I've just signed away my rights and yep. you can do whatever you want with it. And 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 those people and those organizations that take advantage of voice actors to say, oh, they don't really look at the usage, and so I'll just charge them this, and who cares where it gets used? The they're none the wiser. Well, they're cretins. Yeah. And uh, and they're they're exploiting people, and I think it's uncool. We're not going to do that. And that's, so that's a huge one. 
Yeah, I think usage is, in, is an incredibly sensitive and important um, subject. And what we're going to be doing is um, as we as we further develop the system, we're going to make it possible that any client can always obtain that document, which has to be signed by the talent, which specifies the usage rights that they are allowing that product that they've created that belongs to them to be licensed. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I actually, um, I remember I was speaking to Marcus um, Hutton. I don't know if you know him, but he's like the head of audio committee at, at, um, at Equity, right? Okay. And the thing is, is that I was saying to him, I think every project should have this. And he said, well, yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know, the, of course it would. And I remember after that, he had, um, he had actually, uh, I think he'd gone out to like a solicitor and, 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 and you know, a, a lawyer and said, here, here's a sort of a baseline document that allows you to kind of protect your rights, you know, attach this. Sure. Yep. But the fast flowing um, level that work is being done, there's a lot of voice talent. They just, they, they just can't be bothered. Yeah, they don't have True. the and, and they they need to be bothered, but it's a lot of work to do that. Yes, and so yeah. we feel that if we basically put in place the documentation for them to be able to create that, so we'll create it for them and say, "Are you happy with that? Do you agree to it? Great, it's yours now. Now you have a license for your own stuff, <laughs> and now it, it stipulates quite specifically what that license is. And that license is really important because if a client's getting going to use that beyond the term of the license or beyond the reach of that license or use that in some other medium. Well, they're outside their license agreement, and it's time to renegotiate with the with the talent to be able to continue to use it. Otherwise, we have we have a legal issue, and and that's a battle that we can fight on behalf of the the talent. And so that's that that's really important. That's something that different online casting platforms have attempted to address. I don't know that any of them have addressed it fully successfully yet, but it is also a complicated issue to to try to figure out. So. I love to hear that that's something that you're you're not only aware of, but you're very actively trying to come up with a solution for. Because, you know, I love it when I see a project that says it's just going on the Internet. And I'm like, oh, good. That's only five billion people. So, you know, no big yeah. deal. Right. So it's nice to hear that that's something that you're uh, that, that is in the works. So talk to me a little bit. Then we know the site is free for talent. Can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about the monetization model then? Is it commissions for talent? Do you take fees for booking or there or is it? the money made on the client side? Is it all made from the production side? Just so talent are clear whether or not there's anything coming out of their pocket. There isn't anything coming out of the client's pocket. At the end of the day, we're, we're, we're basically paying, we're paying the client for, for a job. Um, and if that's part of a complex project, then that might be praised differently to where it's, it's a, like I said, it's, if, if it's a very, very basic, simple sort of passive one-to-one, -one, here's a, Here's somebody who wants somebody. They just want to know their availability, and it's 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 an easy twenty percent um, uh, job on that. I think the thing is, is that once you you start to look at all the other complex components of a bigger project, you know, if you're having to provide loads of casting assistance, and you're you're basically providing a a whole sort of casting management process, you, you can't do that work for free. No, um, and so we charge for that. If you're okay, yes. If we're mixing and mastering audio, we're charging for that. That's different to editing, obviously. Yep. Sure. If if we're if, if we're having to basically burn in subtitles, we're charging for that. If we're having to, if if we're if we're basically having to do all the video encoding, we charge for that. It's going to be dependent on the country that it comes from as well. So we can't charge the same rates to, um, you know, an American client that we would maybe charge, or sorry, an Indian client that we might charge to an American client. Right. Um, but we also know that that you know voice actors in India may 
not require the same level of, of remuneration for a job, um, you know, as, as part of a project to provide that. Yep. And so there's also studio costs because um, we'll get a lot of work where a client will say, I want to do these. I mean, and this really hit us hard in COVID. It really changed everything, which is when suddenly studio, we were about, I'd say about a lot of our sessions are live direct and we just allow the client to just work with the client, you know, throughout the whole live directed session, right? We're not, yep. we're not, um, you know, it's not done in this. A lot of people will say, oh, I don't want to be on some site where I'm constantly doing all these free re-records. We, you know, we'll charge for re-records and the, the voice actors get more money for re-records. Um, the only way, the way that they wouldn't is if we would basically say, hey, you, you really screwed up that recording. Well, I know it was wild and it was offline, but you totally mispronounced that and it's in your language. Come on. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's if it's things like, you know, they didn't like the intonation, well, you know, it's going to be a re-record. And I think the thing is, is that uh, when you're looking at all these different aspects and a client's going, well, you know, this is this is what we want and this is how we want it. We're trying to go, OK, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to to meet that uh, meet that requirement if we can. There's a lot of clients that we turn around and turn away because they're really looking for us to compete with a P2P site or something. Sure. And or even compete directly with voices. So there'll, there'll be people or agencies and they'll say, oh, we're we're going out to market We're you know, we're we're going to be contacting lots of other people. And we say, look, you know, if you're doing that, you know, we're not really interested in trying to bid against those kinds of jobs. Yeah. We're. Yeah. You know, you can work with us and we'll we'll go ahead and, and figure out how to meet all your requirements, you know, right down to the every aspect, like I said, you know, turnkey. Um, but if you're looking for kind of one-to-one type jobs or one-to-one recordings and trying to get the best possible deal or get the cheapest possible voice, we're, we're not interested in that. There's tons of other sites that you can do that on. I don't need to name them. It's really obvious. In fact, we publish a whole list of sites that people can go onto if they really want to do that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's their prerogative, but we don't want to compete on, you know, 50 to a hundred dollar jobs. We're not, we're not interested in, in that kind of work. We're, we're interested in typically, a you know, a minimum baseline, I would say, you know, sort of two to 250, um, 200, $250 yep. minimum. Um, if there, if there isn't that involved in, 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 a, in a, at least in a, from a voiceover perspective, um, then it, it wouldn't be really worth, worth even looking at. So if a talent gets a job on the site for 250 or 500, mm. the talent mm. gets 250 or 500 then like that's, if that's what the job's posted for, that's what the talent's walking away with. Yeah, but you got to remember, there's no posting. There isn't a posting right, board. We're not. A, right. We're not a posting board. We're not. I think if we were doing that, then we would have to be a P2P platform, right? But We'd there's no to, other. Know. There's no other commissions or anything after the fact. Right? That, that's that's what I'm getting to. You like you're not working like an agency where the job is. You know, it's a five hundred dollar job, but then, uh, it, you know, they, and they book the, they book a five hundred dollar job, but then there's a twenty percent commission that comes off of that, like with an agent or something. You're saying that whatever the rate is that you've hired the talent for, that's the rate that the talent's going to get. We'll mark up a simple a simple job by twenty percent, like an agent would. Okay. We okay. Will. So, um, what but, about payment yeah. on the site? Then does that does mm-hmm. does Volquin handle that, or are talent invoicing for that? How does that work? Yeah, we do. We ask the talent to invoice. Okay. Um, we're going to get to a stage where we're going to generate that invoice for them. That doesn't mean they can't still send us their invoice, and that will still be you know legal tender. Yep. Um, it, that theirs will trump ours, so to speak. Um, but if they can't, but we get some awful invoices, man. We get people who send through spreadsheets. We get people who send us text files saying, yep. pay me. They don't even have their address and their bank details. And you're like, really? Come on. There's um, definitely some education that needs to take place. You can, you can, uh, you see the whole spectrum when you're working with voice actors, don't you? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that a lot of these sites have gone down the, the kind of the wrong, to keep things simple. They're using things like PayPal. That's, that's a problem. PayPal to us is like a last resort. 
um, we're always telling the voice actors, give us your local currency in your local account. And we're going to pay you in that currency yep. into your account where you're based. Yep. Don't give us the name of somebody else. It's got to be you and it's got to be in your currency. Yep. That's what we want. So if they're in a, if they're in the states, we're saying, hey, give us your ACH, give us your you know give us your your checking account, so that we can do an ACH transfer. You're not going to have to shoulder any fees. You're going to get everything. There's no special little you know handling fees like yep. PayPal will throw in. Yep. But does that make things interesting because we're paying people all over the world? Yeah. The, our finance is 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 one of the most toughest things to work with because. We are paying people all over the world constantly, and some of these are in countries that there's 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 lots and lots of people that are putting in roadblocks that are saying, "Hey, we don't want you paying somebody in Venezuela. What is this? You know, this yeah. is clearly fraud." And and it's like, well, you know, we don't want you to you know pay this person in Brazil until you've given us everything about their identity, like literally everything. And it's like, wow, okay. And and so there, there's some countries that just don't have the economies set up and the the sort of commercial relationships set up with major world economies that makes it easy to transfer money but that's what we do we go we we go direct to those bank accounts and and boy does that make a difference so when we get when we get a client who says okay um you know here's the project we want to do this this and this and this and we invoice for that and we say okay or we quote for it and say this is what it's going to involve and what have you that could be before they've selected voices or after they've selected voices or whatever and they have a whole invoice that says okay these are all the things i'm going to get and everything else i get that um and in on those invoices it stipulates usage for any voiceover that does get done and and that will be per voiceover and per per person right and when they look at that and they say okay okay and we want 90 day terms mm-hmm. in some cases we we have to accept that they're either going to get they're either going to work on their terms or we're not going to work at all that's yep. is that simple some yep. clients are horrible and they yep. just go no 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 you either work on 90 days or that's it yep. so now we're we're operating as a bank for the client However, in the meantime, you've got a voice actor who's just done a great job. And what are they going to do? They're going to be going, well, when am I going to get paid? When am I going to get paid? When am I going to pay? So right from the start, we thought, no, we're going we're gonna to do this differently. What we're going to do is we're going to pay the voice actor instantly for the job, even if we haven't been paid, you know? That's nice. Yeah. And that is definitely him. different. That, that, that is part of your <laughs> unique value proposition right there. <laughs> it's another one. Yeah. So within 24 hours, we aspire to pay every single person who's completed a recording and submitted an invoice that simple and and there will be people who will get paid literally 10 minutes after they've submitted their invoice that's wow. how effective and efficient we've created that system for and amazing. and it's taken a lot of work to make that possible it's 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 been a humongous challenge but i would say that it's one that makes it makes us easier to work with from a voice talent it's really nice to not have to chase somebody for the money that's owed to them that's for sure. They just they get the money and that's it. Yep. And the only way where where we would have to wait is when it comes to usage. And the reason it comes to usage is if if something is a small usage fee, if we know that um for instance it's going to like it's 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 going to get paid, you know, on say, you know, a month from now or whatever, we'll we'll just pay that as well as long as we know it's actually being used. We've had incidents where clients have turned around and said we're not going to use it and they don't. We can't pay the usage for something that's not going to get used, yeah, and course. so we have to go back and say, "Sorry, we're paying your session fee. Yep. We're not we're not paying for the usage. We can't. Yep. It's not going to happen. The client's gone elsewhere." And and we do watch for those clients who try to pull a fast one and then use it anyway because they will try. Yep. And it doesn't happen as often as you might think with us, but I know it will happen with other sites that are really where their whole proposition is around get it here, get it cheap. You know, yep. if, if 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 the whole idea is getting it cheap, then then that's going to happen a lot more. So, um, so I think the thing is, is that when it comes to usage, if somebody will have jobs where it's for a big client, right. And they'll say, listen, 
we have this uh, big TBC coming up. It's going to be used worldwide. It's with a major brand. It's with Google. It's with Apple. It's with you know um, you know Amazon, whoever, and and, and you know it's going to pay twenty grand, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so yes, in a, in a in a deal like that, what's going to happen is we're going to pay the voice actor immediately for their session fee, however long that took, right? Yep. We're going to wait until the usage gets paid on an invoice that big. Um, that's the rare exception. Sure. But if it's like up to like two grand, we won't make them wait. We'll just pay it. Okay. Um, now, what that did create is an incredibly difficult cash flow problem in our first couple of years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> we, we just had – we had paid out a lot more than we were actually getting in by the clients while we were trying to grow the clients. And that yeah. – we couldn't balance that out. See, most agencies, the way I see it is, or production companies that kind of work as agencies or even masquerade as an agency or whatever, they, they'll wait. They'll force everybody yeah. to wait until they get paid, sometimes yes. even for the BSF as well. Yep. And what they're doing is they're constantly juggling their cash flow. Yep. They're constantly going, okay, well, you know, once we get the money for that, we can do this, but I'm not going to pay them until I've been paid for that. And I've heard really respectable agents telling their voice actors, sorry, I know it's Coke, but they still haven't paid us. And, you know, we're doing everything we can to get them to pay. So far as I'm concerned, that's not the voice actor's problem. Yeah. You know, the voice actor will be like, hey, well, give, let me get on the phone to them. Let me do something. Let me tell them that I'm starving. Let me yep. tell them that I need that 10K right now. I'm desperate. I didn't, I haven't had a lot of other jobs. I need it now. Let, you know, I don't want to sound unprofessional, but I really need to chase this. And, and agents will say, no, 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 it's our client. You know, you stay away. Don't do that. You know, we don't want to scare the customer now. You know, they're yeah. going to pay in good time. Just yeah. hold back. We, 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 don't, we don't have those conversations with anyone. And that's because we pay so quickly. That's pretty impressive as well. I, I got to tell you, Miles, I mean, after listening to what you have to say and, and outlining what you're doing on the site, uh, I, I think you're going to be pretty popular after this. I think there's going to be a lot of voice <laughs> actors that are going to want to find out a little bit more about Volquent because honestly, some of the pain points that you've addressed in this interview are some of the most common pain points that voice actors are are beefing about, right? On yeah. casting platforms where we are responsible for doing invoicing to the client, it's not uncommon sometimes to chase for 60, 90, 120 days. And, and you know, maybe the casting site gets involved or maybe they don't, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. they're not going to pay us no matter what. And so that's a big pain point. Usage obviously is a big one. That's a huge pain point. And so some of these things that you're working on and some of these things that you're addressing are the things that really matter to voice actors. And I, I love to hear that, that you're working on it in the way that you're working about it, because it sounds like you're definitely doing it with the talent in mind. Yeah. And I appreciate that, Mark. I really do. Um, you know, I, let me, let me, let me give you a bit of personal information, which I'm happy to share. Um, you know, I have a son, um, he's 22 years old and he's an aspiring artist, a, a fine artist. He, he, he draws and he paints. Yep. Um, I can't think of anything more horrible and annoying as somebody taking advantage of that, exploiting yeah. his talent so that they can generate lots of revenue while he is basically a starving artist. Yeah. Um, and maybe he'll be a starving artist for, for a long time trying to build up some sort of brand or some sort of capability to be able to, to change that. And that's just the nature of, of, of you know, the world we live in and trying to become a known artist. But but I think that there's a lot of people that are exploiting artists. You know, it's not just voice actors. It's it's artists in acting. It's artists in all the performing, sing, singing, yeah. music, all, all the arts um, and beyond. 
people are getting exploited. Animators are getting exploited, and it's creating a huge problem in the anime industry. I'm sure you know about that. Yep. And you know, it, you know, it's it's great, of course, to see SAG-AFTRA stepping in. Um, unless, of course, you're not on SAG-AFTRA, um, uh, you know, stepping in with like Funimation and you know Crunchyroll, uh, you know, with, with Sony and saying, hey, this needs to go union now. This is you know this is getting out of hand. Um, and I think that's that's definitely the right direction. But there's a lot of people that aren't in those unions, and somebody needs to be standing up for those people. Yeah. And right now, there is people who are trying to do that. I, I get that. That was the whole basis of the GVAH, just trying to say, hey, know what you're worth, and don't charge less than this. Um, you know, you're you're just devaluing yourself, and you're just losing opportunities. You can charge more if you're doing a great job. Um, and and I subscribe to that mentality. I really do. Um, I think it's really really important to try to do the right thing and. There's a lot more to be done, and I don't mean, you know, I'm I'm unhappy with the things that we've done so far. I just mean that as we build in more functional components that allows us to support clients working with talents in in other ways, not just through our own managed services with all our production capabilities. If they just want to have direct relationships, there's more functionality that we can support and provide that will really be about protecting the voice actor and they're not going to ever have to pay for that privilege. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. So often the best solutions come because of the fact that the problem is personal, right? And so the fact mm. that your son is in that situation and you've made that personal and you recognize that there's a, there's a battle to be, uh, to be waged there. You know, uh, as, as a voice actor, I will say I'm, I'm grateful for uh, everything you're doing to, to try to make it a little bit better on that side. So the website, if anybody wants to check it out, and I think everybody should check it out uh, because, hey, like you said, it's a it's a free profile. You got nothing to lose. So Volquent.com is the website. I think the, the one thing that you touched on, too, is if you don't get approved, that's probably an indication that there's something wrong with your audio, which that, you know, they just did you a favor in and of itself because now, you know, you've got something that you've got to get fixed. But uh Miles, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with it, with us and, and thank you for, you know, being on the talent side and recognizing what it's like on the artist side and, and trying to build a platform that is unique and that addresses those concerns. And, and uh, it sounds like some great things are in store as you continue to, to work to grow the site and, and make the changes to bring some of those things forward. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all going to take, it's all going to take time, right? You, yep. you can build you can build something that's really, really cool and does a lot of really great things and has the best intentions in mind, but you still need the traffic. You still yep. need the clients. You still need the interest. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it is, it is a, a slow uphill battle to build that, whether you're a voice actor trying to get your own direct clients in the world or you're, you know, a, a site or a company like ours trying to create a louder voice in a, in a big market, um, where you're competing with everyone, you know, right. literally. Yep. And, uh, it takes time, but I think that if you do the right thing, and you build really good quality components and you offer a really good quality service and you understand what makes you unique and you simplify that message so that the clients can repeat that uniqueness to other clients and other people they know yeah then you'll you'll get you'll benefit from the same benefit that we've gained which is which is growth it may not be as fast as everyone would like it to be but it is growth and it will be sustained and there's things that we can do that will accelerate that but it takes time yeah well we're grateful for everything that you are working on and, and thank you for all that you're doing. And again, check it out, set up a profile, uh, the website, Volquent.com. Miles, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Well, what do you think? After listening to what Miles said, are you going to be creating your free profile on Volquent if you haven't done it already? 
I certainly think that I'm going to be doing that. It sounds like a really interesting site, very different from how all of the other platforms work. And as Miles said in the interview himself, what have you got to lose because it's free? I really do hope that you are enjoying this online casting site series and learning from each of these CEOs and getting a better understanding of all these different platforms because they are all tools that can be part of your voiceover toolbox to help you grow your voiceover business. Did you enjoy this episode? Do me a quick favor. Would you post it in your Instagram stories that you're listening and tag me at Mark Scott. That's at Mark Scott. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. You need a mobile-friendly demo player on your website that works across any device and platform. VoiceSam has you covered. The player is easy to install, can be skinned to match your site design, and makes your demos instantly downloadable. It even offers options for video and analytics. Sign up for VoiceSam now at voicesam.com slash markscott, and you'll receive a free $25 credit to your account. View the full offer details and sign up at voicesam.com slash markscott. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.